0: Be worship today we have a verse we want to share with you from the book of Daniel it says praise the name of God forever and ever for he has all wisdom and all power he controls the course of world events now the God who can control the course of world events can surely take control of any situation you or I may be going through and I hope that that's an encouragement to you today let's stand and celebrate that as we sing Help!
1: We're having a wonderful time in Israel, a lot of great things happening. I just want to take a moment to introduce our speaker today, Charles Lowry, who's one of our favorite speakers at New Spring, is here in the house. We're celebrating the 4th of July this weekend, and I just know he's going to be a tremendous blessing to your life. Would you welcome to our platform, please, Dr. Charles Lowry. Thank you. Thank you. Always good to be at New Spring. I want to thank also the veterans and all of our military people. I have a son-in-law who's an Army Ranger, so I know what that is. Uh, today we're going to talk about relationships, the fact that relationship matters. I know in the world out there, it's easy to have relationships that don't last. I mean, anybody can do it for a while. I mean, when you got that urge to merge and everything's wonderful, uh, But how do you make it last? The Bible has principles that will help you not in the short term, in the long term. And the difficulty is the world's a Ponzi scheme. The world is always saying you can have this without that and you can for a while. Unfortunately, by the time the that shows up, you're addicted to the this and you're in a big mess, right? So we want to teach you about things that last, not just about the here and now. Best way I can illustrate it is I fly a lot. I'm in lots of airplanes, and uh, I have to go to the airport, you know, because my arms get tired if I don't get a plane. So, uh, And I like these airports that have these people movers. You ever seen them? They're like escalators on the floor, and it moves as you're moving. I mean, you move, and it moves, and man, you can make a lot of progress, man. I like them. But it's usually late at night, and there's a a team of some kind. It's like Boys about seventeen or eighteen. Now, if you know anything about boys seventeen or eighteen, their IQ is pretty much like plant life, and and uh, and the reason is their body has matured, but their brain has not. And then you have what's called testosterone. And any time testosterone is in a body where the brain has not matured, but the body has, the scientific word for testosterone is stupid juice. All right, uh, uh, Because these people, these males at this age, They say things like, let's see who can ride on top of the pickup for the longest, things like that. They even say things like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm joining the Marines. You know, that's the way they think, you know, nobody's going to tell them what to do. So you got this team of 17-year-old guys, and they're in the airport late at night, and they decide to go on the people mover the wrong way. Why? Because they can and they got stupid juice in them and and they just going to show the world they can do whatever they want to do and they can. I mean, they, you know, it just because it it's going pretty fast this way so you got to go pretty good this way but they're young and they can get it done and, they, and they're, these things are long so they get all the way to the end, you know. And then they made it, you know, so they're high 5 they're laughing, we did it the wrong way. And they don't realize they're still standing on the escalator, you know. And it's taken them all the way back <laughs> to where they started. I can't tell you how many hundreds, maybe thousands of people I've worked with. And they're going to do life their way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Not even God. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to get what I want to get pleasure, I'm going to go for it. And they can for a while. And then you see those same people five years later, 10 years later, and they're right back where they started. They've lost their family, they lost their career, or they're addicted to alcohol or drugs, and their life is a mess. God gives you principles to make relationships last. So let me deal it dig into that a little bit today we we're gonna do the word lover in the scripture but we won't make it all right I never actually finished a message in my life so uh, that's why Mark has to invite me back periodically (laughs) first Peter chapter 3 verse 7 says this likewise whenever you see likewise in the Bible you always say likewise what well it's likewise Jesus Because the Bible says if you treat people the way Jesus treated people, you're going to love your life and you're going to see good days, is what the scripture will tell us at the end. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. That means physically. Most women are probably emotionally stronger than men, but this means physically. I'm going to stereotype a little bit here. But generally, men are stronger than women. Matter of fact, I have a, three daughters and a wife, and I'm the only one that can open the pickle jar at my house. Uh, <laughs> since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, in other words, if you make them partners, you'll have the grace of life. And if you don't, it says your prayers will be hindered. See, God's the one that makes relationships spiritual. And it says to you guys, you want your prayers answered? It's not going to depend on how much time you come to church or read your Bible or give or pray. It's going to depend on how you treat people, primarily your wife. Then it says, finally, all of us have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessed. For this you recall that you may obtain a blessing. People always ask me, why am I here on this earth? You're here to bless other people. It says it right here. That's why you were called. And when you bless other people, God blesses you. God's the one that has the power to do that. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, as a psychologist, I've never met anybody who didn't want to love their life and see good days. Everybody does. Keep his tongue from evil, lips from speaking deceit, turn away from evil, evil. seek peace, pursue good, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. I think this text has the word lover. It, first of all, it says learn. You gotta learn how to love people, dwell in an understanding way. Then it says overlook, don't return evil for evil. Then it says we're to value and encourage because that's how we bless people. And then our stands for realize that God is the one with the power. Well, first of all, it says likewise men. So we're gonna help the men primarily today. And the reason is because you need a lot more help. (laughs) They actually did some research. They read a novel to men and women, and they were able to have hookups so they could scan the brain as they read this novel to men and women, testing their listening skills. And when you read a novel to a woman and look at the brain, the whole brain lights up. You know, the brain has two hemispheres, left and right. In the middle is called that corpus callosum, and there's some connectivity there, and you see the whole brain light up. When you read a novel to a man and he's listening, only one side of the brain lights up. Now, men and women, women, many times you've been talking to a man, and deep inside you've been thinking... It's like I'm talking to somebody with half a brain. <laughs> Haven't you been thinking that? You're absolutely correct. When it comes to listening, men have half a brain. That's why it makes relationships much more difficult for them. Now, we can go into a lot of other things of why relationships are difficult, but I don't have that much time, so I'm just going to do one thing today. I'm gonna talk about the difference between male and female. So if you, I could have a purse up here, uh, then I'm gonna teach you the difference. Uh, let me have that one, No, not That's a good looking purse, isn't it? It's heavy though, man. Got a deacon body in there or something, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> women are complex, men are simple. You see, if you come to my house, you'll find lots of towels. We got towels that match other towels. We got towels that match the floor. We got towels we use. We got towels we don't use. We got, we got decorative towels. Nobody uses those towels. We got guest towels. People we don't know, they use those towels. <laughs> we got lots of towels. What if I live by myself? Two towels, one wet, one dry, alternate six months, throw them out, buy me two more towels. But it wasn't good for men to be alone. God knew he needed more towels. You see, men are simple. One head, one bed, one pillow. Nope. I got 11 pillows on my bed. I take six off every night. I put six back on every morning. Why? I don't have a clue why. I'm simple. One head, one bed, one pillow. But it wasn't good for man to be alone. He needed more pillows. You see, women are just different. We moved into a brand new house with brand new wallpaper. And my wife took one look at it and said, that wallpaper's got to go. I said, that's new wallpaper. She said, I know, but it's not me. I said, it's not me either. It's wallpaper. <laughs> but it wasn't good for a man to be alone. He needed more wallpaper. You see, men and women just grow up different. Women grow up Talking, communicating. Little girls share. They say things like, let's braid hair. Go over to your house and talk. I mean, things like that. Boys, they don't grow up like that. We grew up competing, not cooperating. King of the hill, capture the flag, put a helmet on, and seriously injure the other guy. That's how we grew up. <laughs> See? That competition is in us. And women, don't, they don't understand that sometimes. We went on our first vacation, and Penny said, "Can we stop at the rest area?" I said, "Not till I pass that Chevrolet." <laughs> she said, "What Chevrolet?" <laughs> Chevrolet passed me 30 miles back. I've been trying to catch her ever since. That Chevrolet. See, that's how we grew up, competing. You see, that's why you know. You ask him what happened at work, he gets all stressed out, thinking, "Man, he's finding out something about me, going to use against me later." You know, he get all competitive. Hey, uh, Little boys. See, girls at four years of age, it's been documented, four years of age, 100% of what little girls say is totally intelligible. Already talking, already cooperating, already communicating. Boys at four years of age, 40% of what they say is totally unintelligible. I mean, it's grunts, sounds, noises. You, don't believe, you go to the four-year-old boy class and just watch little boys. <laughs> boom, 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 pow, 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 pow. Just a bunch of noises, you know. <laughs> By the way, men never outgrow their need for that noise. That's just part of it. See, women are complex. Men are simple. Let me ask you, is this your only purse? No. no, my wife got lots of purses. My wife got big purses, little purses, casual purses, dressy purses, all kind of purses. How many wallets does a man have? One. Matter of fact, women have to tell men when they need a new wallet. Yee. You getting a new wallet for Christmas? No I am. I love my wallet. It stinks you've had that wallet so long. You're getting a new wallet. Well, we could go on, but I got to finish this thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> so to be a lover, we have to learn to communicate. So let me give you the number one reason why you have trouble with your relationships. You wait too late. To communicate. You wait too late. Let me give you some visuals. And let's just say it's the first day of spring, and the husband goes into the garage, and boy, it's a it's a wreck. They've been piling stuff all winter in there and he sees his golf clubs over there. Boy, he says, I know Saturday's gonna be a beautiful day. And man, I haven't played golf with my buddies in a long time. I mean, he can visualize it Saturday, 10 o'clock. Man, be play golf with my buddies. About 15 minutes later. His wife comes into the garage. Man, this is a wreck. We've been putting stuff in here all winter long, but boy, I know Saturday's gonna be a beautiful day. What a great day for the whole family to clean up the garage. And she can just visualize that starting about 10 o'clock. Now, let me teach you a word, and the word is psychological, except we're gonna break it up into two words, psycho and logical. Now, if they had talked about it and didn't wait too late to communicate, if they had talked about it on Tuesday... She could have said, "We really got to get this garage clean, man. She, it's a wreck." And the man could say, "I know it's a wreck. It, man, it's out of control. But I, I, I really want to. I tell you what, honey, I can tee off early. I can go at seven thirty to play golf. I can be home at twelve thirty. We'll have a start time for one o'clock. From one to five, we'll work hard as the whole family. And I'll buy everybody to dinner to celebrate. We've got the garage clean. I mean, it could be logical." But if you wait till Saturday at 10 o'clock when that guy starts to get out his golf shoes, it will be psycho. <laughs> and we've all had psycho communication. Why? Because the emotions get involved. You see, the drilling starts, the, the amygdala shoots all this blood, you know, and it's called the the fight or fight or flight mechanism. And most of the time you end up fighting. Why? Because you got all this emotion going, you know, the blood goes to the muscles. I mean, you can do, you've probably heard people do unbelievable feats, you know, lift a car to help a kid or something during that time. And it's good for the muscles, but it's not good for the brain. You see, and you end up psycho because of those emotions. Had a couple come to see me in Dallas and they had three or four preschool kids And the wife was just exhausted taking care of these kids. Every day, she just wanted help from her husband. So there was a big window where the car would pass. And she would see the car come home from work. And she would say, Daddy's home. And all those kids would race to the door to greet Daddy. Now, Dad, I found out later, was in commercial real estate making tons of money. In Dallas at the time, everybody in commercial real estate making tons of money. It was like Monopoly; they're just going around in gold, collecting money, and it became like Monopoly in the end too, because everybody got to go to jail card. But uh, (laughs) at the time, they're making lots of money. This guy wore $5,000 suits to work. I mean, Italian, handmade, real people's names in them. See, you uh, ever seen a coat with a real people name? Uh, I saw Mark's sport coat. It had dry clean only, uh, but uh, real people's names. Uh, but he would come home from work wearing this suit and... Mom, and Dad's home. They would race the door. Now, I won't tell you what preschool kids carry around. It's pretty gross. But they would jump on him and get stuff on his suit. You know, he would throw this one and this would jump on him. He get stuff. He'd throw. He'd jump on him and he'd get mad. And he was psycho. My wife would get mad. So they come to see the psychologist. And I, I split people up in marriage counseling because, well, I've been in lots of fights. So I, uh, I see the wife first. And here's my question. What are your expectations when your husband comes home from work? Let's don't wait till it happens. Let's don't wait too late to communicate. Let's talk about now what we expect to happen. And, of course, she said, if I can just have some help with these kids. They're just, I'm so exhausted. If you'll just give me some help. I said, have you ever asked for his help? Well, no, we just end up fighting every day. I said, okay, bring the husband in. What are your expectations? See, psychotherapy is not really, uh, it's common sense pretty much. What are your expectations when you come home from work? And that's when he explained to me about these expensive suits. And she said, look, he said, look, if she would just give me 15 minutes, not announce that I'm coming, so I could go in the back door, I could get off my work clothes, put on something like a rubber suit I could hose down. Uh, Laughter then I, I, I'd, I'd be willing to help with the kids. I said, have you ever told her that? He said, well, not really. We just fight about it. I said, okay, I'm going to bring her back in. I want you to look her in the eye and tell her that. So she came back in. He went through the whole thing. you know, and Just give me 15 minutes. Give me a rubber suit. The whole story. She smiles, looks back at him, and says, if I know you're going to help me, if I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'll give you 30 minutes. We literally solved their problem in 35 minutes. I charge them for the full hour. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're good, get the money, right? You know? uh, why? Because we worked it out logically before it became psycho, right? So I'm gonna help you today. Primarily we're gonna help the men. We're gonna use the word listen. L stands for listen. Before we do that, let me let L stand for one other word, which is also crucial in relationships, and that L is laughter. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Relationships will deteriorate if there's no joy and there's no fun. When's the last time your family had fun together? Uh, I raised a three girls, and now they're raising their kids pretty much like they were raised. I ask them sometimes, why are you raising your kids the way you were raised? I, I figured it'd be some great sermon they heard me preach, you know, really made an impact. They don't remember any of my sermons. <laughs> uh, you know what they say? We had fun growing up. We want our kids to have that too. We, the, we look back and we had so much fun. We want our kids to have fun. Let me ask you. When your kids look back, well, they say, man, that was fun growing up in that house. We get the idea that sometimes Christianity is where you don't have fun, just the opposite. See, Jesus had lots of fun. Jesus had so much fun, all the religious people were mad at him all the time. You know what Jesus did to start it? You know when he started his ministry? I mean, if you're going to start your ministry, what would you do today? Well, I have some kind of, you know, all-night prayer meeting or Bible study. You know. you know what Jesus did? He went to a party. He went to a party. He didn't share the four spiritual laws with anybody. He just had fun. You know. I won't even get in the water-wine deal. You probably remember that. Uh, had a, I did that in children's church one time. I asked a little boy why did Jesus turn the water to wine. He said to keep the party going, you know. Uh, so... Uh, uh, I'm amazed at how many Christian families aren't enjoying the life God's given them. I was raised a preacher's kid. I actually lived at the church. I lived in a parsonage at the church. That's why I became a psychologist, by the way, because I lived at the church. Uh, But we got a promotion. We uh, moved about two, two and a half miles down the road. Church bought uh, another house for us to live in but that complicated things because now we had to drive to church on Sunday morning and of course dad being the preacher and having one car we all had to go to church early Sunday morning for the whole day you know so four kids Sunday morning having to be there it was a nightmare i mean stress hollering I mean all you, know, you got 32 seconds to eat your fruit loops. Praise God, we're going to church, you know. And I'm going, no, 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 you know? uh, You can't wear that at Sunday. No, you wore that last week. No, hurry up. you're gonna be late again. Get those shoes on. I mean, everybody going through and then dad, I call dad the heavenly honker, you know, because he was out in the car honking the honking the horn, we gotta go, we gotta go, you know. I'm saying, why don't you come in here and help? That'd be good. You know. Uh, so we all get in the car, slamming the doors, and I'm the fourth, I'm the baby of the family, four kids. So you know where I am. I'm in the back seat, in the middle, on the hump. Anybody remember humps in cars? Yeah. Some of you, this is going to be like the History Channel, all right? There were, used to have humps in cars. So I was in the middle, on the back seat, on the hump. <laughs> everybody's mad late again, you know. and then we passed the heathen's house you know every, every every neighborhood has the heathen those heathens they don't go to church they the heathens our heathens lived on the corner right on the corner so we turned and there's the heathens you know dad would always say something about the heathen look at those heathens out there they don't know Jesus and they don't go to church you know and uh, so we my well, brothers and I look out, and the heathens are playing softball. They're laughing, having fun, you know. Uh, of course, Dad's in his underwear drinking a Bud Light, but they, 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 <laughs> they're they, laughing and having fun, and we're looking in our corner, bud like this, you know. And then Dad, you know, sees the heathens outside. Look at those heathens out there. They don't know the joy of Jesus. My brothers and I in the back seat we're going to be heathens when we grow up. We, yeah I, I think I'm going with the heathens. How about you? We ought to be the ones having fun, not the heathens. We're totally forgiven, unconditionally loved, assured of our eternity. Why aren't you having some fun? Enjoy the life God's given you. Oh, so, uh, just a little sidetrack. Let's get back to lover. L-I-S-T-E-N. Listen, I'm gonna teach men how to listen, all right? Here's what you do, men. When a wife starts to talk, you lean forward, look her in the eye, okay? You put down everything. Put down your, you know, get away from the computer, put the phone down lean forward, look her in the eye. Now, why is that important? Remember, a woman talks more for process than product. She talks more for interaction than information, you see. Uh, She, because of that, nonverbal communication is important. See, it's not report of things. It's rapport that's built in communication with a woman. So you have to learn to pick up on nonverbal communication. If you come home and your wife's in the kitchen in a position somewhat like this, and you say, what's wrong, honey? And she says, nothing. And you say, oh, good, I'm going to go play golf. (laughs) You will soon see Jesus. (laughs) Because she's going to kill you. Non-verbally, she's telling you everything is wrong. And if you love me enough, you'd hang around here and find out what it is. You see, that's the way a woman thinks. Because remember, she's about interaction, not information. So lean forward. Look her in the eye. I stands for inquire. That means active listening. That means you respond to something she said. For example, maybe, well, then what did she do? Well, why did she say that? Well, well, then what happens? You know, stuff like that. So she'll know you're listening. Now, I understand that we have a lot of men here, and I understand you have a half a brain. So let's just stick with the basics. When a wife starts to talk, put things down, lean forward, look her in the eye, and when she pauses, just say, tell me more. Okay? Now, surely you can do that. This is simple, guys. This is basic. Lean forward, tell me more. You can do this. Now, I do have to say this at this point, and I really hate to say it. It's, it's discouraging, but it's the truth. When a man leans forward, looks you in the eye, and says, tell me more. He really doesn't want to know anymore. <laughs> I told you it was discouraging, <laughs> but he's a guy. Right, so when he does that, he's doing that because he loves you, and he loves Jesus, and I told him to. (laughs) So when he does that, keep it short. Okay, you know, one guy said, "Does it bother you that your wife has the last word?" He said, "No, I'm just excited when she gets to it." He, he does not want the whole newspaper. He just needs the headline, okay? You know, he doesn't want the whole book. You gotta put it in pamphlet form, you see. Uh, so lean forward, inquire. Let's do let's do one other letter. S stands for stop interrupting. You see, a man thinks I can interrupt with an answer and get back to what I want to do, you see? Because he thinks the product is more important than the process. So if I can just give her an answer, I can fix it. That's what men want to do. Fix it, get back to what I want to do. Fix it, get back to the game. See, uh, remember, she's not talking about product, she's talking about process. Uh, i give you a, a, a visual. Uh, when I was in private practice, my wife had three small kids, she's at home, and I would come home and she would tell me about what Brienne did, Casey did, Angela did this. Well, I mean, people paying good money for my answers downtown in the practice. I thought I'd give her answers, you know. So why don't you do this? Maybe Brianna do that. Why don't you try that? Maybe Casey will do this. Why don't you do that, Angela, but do that? She said, why don't you shut up? <laughs> and she's walking off, you know. I'm saying, hey, lady, they pay good money for this at the practice. I'm giving you it for free. She didn't want my answers. There's no answers for preschool kids. I mean, you survive, they survive, success, you know? Uh, uh, You see, she didn't want a solution. There's no solution. She wanted some sympathy that this is hard work, you see? She didn't want my answers. What did she want? My assurance, that what she was doing was the most important job in the world, which it was. She was taking care of our kids. That's more important than what I was doing. I'm going downtown, you know. People I don't even know that are half crazy anyway. I mean, you know. <laughs> she's what she's doing is really important, but she needs that assurance. You doesn't need my mouth, she needs my shoulder when it becomes difficult to do that. Lean forward, inquire, stop interrupting. Uh, let me balance this out. Let me give you one other thing here. Women interrupt also, but they interrupt for a totally different reason. They interrupt because the man does not have the details right. Okay? Remember, men have half a brain when they listen. That means they probably only remember half the stuff that you do. Okay? Men don't remember relationship stuff like women do. Women will say, "You said this. You were wearing that brown coat. I had on that blue dress. The sun was over here." You know, and the man doesn't even remember any of that. You know, uh, he, you know he he's not giving you a hard time. You know, when he puts the pillows on backwards, he he doesn't remember how they go. You know, uh, he's just a guy. You know, he's doing the best he can. You see. Men get nervous when, when you, you know, during this communication. They're a guy, you know. When you say, let's talk to a guy, that's like leprosy or root canal or, a, or an IRS audit. He, 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 you know, it's just stressed out when you say, let's talk. So when he starts to tell a story, I've seen it so often. Guys start telling a story in public, and the wife will interrupt him. You know, he'll say, I, I was at Wendy's. And she'll say, it was McDonald's. <laughs> and he'll say, well, it was a hamburger place. Who cares? You know? Uh, well, it was on Tuesday. And she'll say, it was Wednesday. Well, it's a weekday. I, you know, I don't care. You know, you know? Uh, and we were with the McCullochs and the Smiths. She said, it was the McCullochs and the Joneses. He said, the story is about the McCullochs. Who cares who they run around with? You know. And finally, he just says, Forget it. You tell it. Ladies, let it go. He's not lying. It's man talk. It's the best he can do. All right? I mean, even sports, they have to have a rerun so he can see what happened. You know? He, 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 he's... He's doing the best he can, and he's telling it to another man, and the other man knows it's half lies, but he knows he couldn't do any better either, so he's just accepting it, all right? So let it go, okay? You're not going to get to heaven, and St. Peter said, you let your husband lie about the details. You got to go to hell. It isn't going to work like that, okay? Let it go, okay? Okay. We're trying to do lover also, L-O-V-E-R. So we did L. That's pretty good. We did a little post L, uh, but we got to move on. Let's go to O. O stands for overlook. Remember what the scripture says? Don't return evil for evil. If you want to have great relationships, you're going to have to learn to overlook a lot of stuff. Now, that's extremely difficult. Why? Because your Adam suit or your Eve suit, if you're a female It does not want to overlook stuff. We want to make people pay. You know, we don't want anybody to get away with anything. You know, and that's in you and that's in me. God called me 2 a.m. to tell me my dog was barking. I called him 2 a.m. the next night to tell him I didn't have a dog. Uh, You see, I just wanted him to experience a little bit of what I experienced. You see, Uh, uh, and that's that's in all of us. You see, Uh, uh, a lady uh, had a had a teenage son and he had a holiday from school and she still had to go to work so on the way out from work she said just could just take the clothes out of the dryer for me to you know but or put the clothes in the dryer they're in the put the clothes in the dryer and she goes to work she comes home and he forgot's to he forgets to put the clothes in the dryer and she pitched a fit you know how some mothers are. They can actually put their mouth in gear and golf and leave it. I mean, she just went after him. You know, I mean, the only thing you had to do all day long was put the clothes in the dryer. Did you do that one thing? No, you did not do that. I mean, she just goes, going after him. Said so about halfway through her tirade, he interrupted. He said, Mom, can I ask you a question? She said, What? She said, When you're up at the church talking to your friends, And they say, my son's in prison or my daughter's on drugs or my son's an alcoholic or my daughter's pregnant. We don't know what we're going to do. Do you say, that's nothing. My boy forgets to put the clothes in the dryer. She said, all of a sudden I realized I get a little upset about things that really aren't that important. Learn to overlook. I, I promise you if it's the case with me when I look back I wished there's a lot of things I got upset about that I wished I'd overlooked. When we moved to Dallas to start a psychological counseling center First Baptist Church Dallas we we're about six months and a couple asked us out to to eat lunch after church. So I told all the girls we're going to meet a certain place, met some new friends, or taking us to lunch. Be on time. I gave them the on time speech, you know, be on time. So everybody was on time, except my daughter, Angela. She had just become a teenager. You know how that is. Put in the bed normal, they wake up weird. Just happens. Uh, five minutes, no Angela. Ten minutes, No, Angela. One of the couples says, look, this restaurant's really crowded. Why don't we go and save a table while you wait on your daughter? Thank you. They go to save. Other couple says, look, we know you're new to Dallas. We will stay here. You can follow us to the restaurant. Thank you for letting me follow you to the restaurant. Fifteen minutes late, Angela bebops up. You know how kids, teenagers, hey, Dad, how's it going? And by then, I am what King James would call ticketh off. (laughs) LAUGHTER But I'm the psychologist at probably the largest church in the world at the time. So you, the psychologist, you can't holler at your kids in church. So you have to develop the fine art of hollering with your mouth closed. So I said, Angela, where are you then? I've been to Sunday school. No, you have Now you're 15 minutes. Long. Where have you been? I just went off, you know. Finally, daddy could calm down. "Dumb, calm down. Why are you so late? I'm going to tell me now. She said, Dad, it's an all-girls class. We have Sunday shoes. They're very uncomfortable. We take them off for class. We put them on after class. But somehow, during the break, the boys, they snuck in our class, stole our shoes, and it took us 15 minutes to find them. And then I say what parents say. For lack of a better word, I call them parental stupidisms. There's, th- there's things parents say that make no sense whatsoever, but they feel good when you say them. So I said, Angela! Don't you ever take your shoes off again as long as you live. (laughs) All parents say things like that. A parent will look at a kid in the tree and say, you fall out of that tree and break your leg. Don't you come running to me. (laughs) Every generation has them, by the way. We had them when I was growing up. My mother would say this, don't run around with that stick. You'll poke your eye out. So I tried to tell her, you can't poke your eye out. You may poke your eye in. The only way to poke your eye out would take a stick and pop it out like that. Well, I was grounded for like a month. Uh, So we're going to follow the McCulloch family. They got three girls. We have three girls. One of our girls goes with them. One of their girls goes with us. It spreads out the misery. It works. I don't know why. So, uh, we're following the McCulloch family, Gray Buick, and everybody Everybody's laughing, going out to eat, but me, I am mad, I'm mad. I'm late, I'm embarrassed. Everybody's mad, following this Gray Buick. Well, we got one of the McCulloch kids in our car, and somebody said, "Did the McCullochs get a new car?" And the McCulloch kids said, "Did we get a new car?" You know. You know, like they traded in Sunday school or something. And then somebody said, that's a Cadillac. And the McCulloch kid said, did we get a Cadillac? And then the McCulloch kid said, that's not my family. (laughs) And then everybody in the car got totally quiet. Because everybody knew, dad is following the wrong car. (laughs) But do not say a word because you will die. <laughs> so everybody got totally quiet. Not a word, except my youngest, Brienne. She's about six or seven, and kids at that age do not have a normal brain. They have a Memorex brain, which just means they repeat what they hear at the worst possible time. Yeah. One kid every time he met his grandpa says, Grandpa, make a noise like a frog. Grandpa make a noise like a frog. I mean, every time you see it, grandma, grandpa, make a noise like a frog. Finally, grandpa said, son, come here, I'm sick of this. Every time you see me, make a noise like a frog. Why do you do that? And he said, Grandma said, when you croaked, we're going to Hawaii. Ah. Oh. Be careful what you say in front of kids. <laughs> so all of a sudden, our car gets totally quiet, because sh- everybody with normal brain knew do not say a word. But Brienne, my youngest, did not have a normal brain, did not know any better. Starts laughing, <laughs> isn't this funny, everybody? Isn't this funny? Cause Angela lost her shoes, but Dad's lost the whole car. <laughs> And I pulled over because I didn't know where I was going. Said, Angela, I'm sorry. I hollered at you at church and just forgive me. She said, oh, dad, it's okay. We all make mistakes. (laughs) We do all make mistakes. Think about it this way. God, because of Jesus Christ, has chosen to overlook everything you've ever done or will do. All he asks is that you overlook the things in other people's lives. I like country music. Some of it's pitiful. I, I know that. It's uh, remember the one my wife ran off my best friend, and I miss him. You know that's that's not. Good. That's not good. Uh, but years ago, they had one that went something like this: the greatest man I never knew lived just down the hall. Every day we said hello, though we never touched at all. He was in his paper. Let me update that. He was on his computer, and I was in my room. How was I to know, he thought. I hung the moon. The greatest man I never knew, I guess I'll never know. He never had too much to say. Too much was on his mind. And now it seems so sad that everything he gave us took all he had. The days turned to years, the memories to black and white, and he grew cold like an old winter wind that blew across my life. And the greatest words I never heard, I, I guess I'll never hear. The man I thought would never die has been dead almost a year. Well, he was good at business, but there was business left to do. He never said he loved me. I guess he thought I knew. My friend with outstretched arms, Jesus said, it is finished. He finished the business of loving you, and he's given you the business of loving others. Matter of fact, it's really the only business That matters. So the question today for your life is: How's business? Let's pray, Father. Thank you for families and relationships and people. Teach us to be lovers, Lord. If there's someone here today that's never trusted you as Savior, give them the faith to believe. Not not in a religion or being good. Help them to believe that you love them enough to come and live a life that they could never live and conquer death because you wanted them in your forever family. Give someone the faith to believe because you are the only one that can make relationships last. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen.